It has been making headlines throughout the pandemic that there's a labor shortage. Employers finding it increasingly difficult to fill open positions. Perhaps they've called workers back and they have decided that the pandemic has been a time of reflection. And they've decided that maybe this job, this career is no longer for them. They've reprioritized things in their life that there's a labor shortage going on. And so much so that it perhaps, just perhaps, is leading to a robotic revolution. And for more on this, here's tech expert Adam Oldfield, who joins us now here on Global News Radio. Adam, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here as always. And we hear that orders for robotics by North American companies, Adam, they're on track for their biggest year yet? Absolutely. And rightfully so. I think on many reasons, I mean, pre-COVID, we knew they existed. You know, robotics were at their infancy with regards to, uh, you know, Boston uh, robotics coming out with their little dogs and otherwise. But it really ramped up and got a lot of momentum as COVID was coming out. Uh, these robotic companies really started to grow and actually more have come on the market in the last two years um, than existed prior to COVID, primarily to the fact of safety reasons. A lot of no one knew where we were going to be with COVID, where, where was the future of how we would operate. Now, we've seen this labor shortage, as you've commented on, and, and I'm going to speak to this, Jeff. I love robots. I mean, I'm a drone lover. I love robotics. I love tech. I love simplicity just because it just makes life easier. It just seems to be a lot easier to work with and otherwise. But we saw there is so much growth into the development of robots uh, for obviously labor shortage, one element, but also for efficiencies. A lot of businesses are trying to still find with the increase of inflation, particularly Canada and the U.S., to be able to offset some of the labor costs. So, uh, you know, we saw this White Castle, for example, in the States has the Flippy the Burger. Well, now they've got the automatic fry maker. Um, and to give an idea how much it costs, it's like $30,000. You can buy yourself Flippy the Burger. And that works out to $3 an hour that these robotics are working. And, and pizza robots are making automated 80 uh, pizzas an hour. Um, so, you know, the efficiencies and where we're seeing these robots in, a, in an assembly or a small service environment. Now, there's that side of it, Jeff. And then there's the other side, like Walmart, as an example, um, had their shelving robots. They ran a test. Well, they shelved those robots. They took them off the market. They weren't delivering on their expectations. So not all, all robots are actually working perfectly to the expectations. Um, a Japanese robot called Pepper, very famous, got well-known to work in retirement homes, there to help assist in deliveries and foods and otherwise, again, was retired due to the fact that it had a lot of malfunctions, a lot of errors. But you may be driving into a drive through at McDonald's. Artificial intelligence voice recognition is now rolling out where you won't be speaking to someone. It sounds like a human, but it's going to be a robot or an artificial intelligent robot uh, built by IBM that will listen to your order, very much like what we do with uh, Google and Siri, and it will then calculate what the order is to be made. Then it will automate it through the automatic burger flipper, and we will still have, for now, people serving us meals. But robots are one of the biggest growth markets for two fronts. One, safety reasons, less human touch. Two, efficiencies uh, from operations. And three, cost effectiveness. Okay, how cost effective are they in the long run? Or do we know that yet, Adam? Because there's an initial cost uh, up front. 
But then, of course, there's maintenance, there's uh, repairs, uh, robots, as you mentioned, uh, you know, malfunction, uh, they go down. Is that sort of thing been factored into the equation? Uh, there hasn't been. I mean, let's be clear. They're going to break. I mean, there's no vehicle that's out there right now that doesn't break if it's got so many computers. Most cars are just a computer as it is. So as far as their longevity, I don't think we're talking about the Maytag washing machine system where it just never breaks down. Um, there's also the factor, Jeff, of obviously there's a lot of loopholes. These computer robotics run off an internet face, meaning that there's a lot of interconnection and cloud development. So whatever it sees, it uploads the documents. So security is a big factor. So they need to be constantly upgraded, very like a much like a smartphone or a computer. They have to be upgraded on a regular basis for security reasons alone. Uh, following that, though, they also have to be obviously fixed and parts are a big issue and concern. Um, you know, uh, there's so many different factors to the to that level. What I can tell you is that if we're looking at where are the jobs of tomorrow, and this is a very interesting uh, statistic, is that trades are still going to be human uh, uh, operated, meaning the plumber, the electrician, um, the, the the construction worker. These are not necessarily going to be automated. And if you're sitting at your desk and you're a lawyer, a banker, and you're going, oh, not my problem, you should be very concerned. Robots right now is actually going to be the forefront. Lawyers are going to be one of the first white collar and bankers to be uh, replaced by artificial intelligent robotics. It's going to be the first thing in the next Five to 10 years, that industry will be removed due to the fact that artificial intelligence can determine a court. It can determine the uh, information submitted and could possibly spew out a, a contract, a document, and even argue your case in court. I was about to ask you that uh, very thing. I mean, is it going that far that you could have a robot lawyer actually represent you in front of a judge, in front of a jury, a court of law? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's one of the biggest areas of which hasn't been talked about because it, not that, you know, lawyer law is a lot more complex. Don't get me wrong. And every lawyer is going, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Get him off the air. Um, but I'm going to tell you that from IBM actually just came up with a quantum computer and announced this past week. And that quantum computer is able to calculate uh, scenarios, meaning that, you know, there's no, as much as we love to think law is cut and dry, black and white, there's a lot of areas of obviously uh, uh, circumstances or situations of which uh, maybe could be a different scenario. This is something of where we're seeing that development of where artificial intelligence, quantum computing can be able to determine what is the case. So you would input or speak your case and that computer would be able to determine or come up with a solution possible for how it may result in front of a judge. A judge may be sitting there listening to both cases from a robot. Now, judges will not necessarily be replaced by computers just yet, but the law system can be replaced. Yes. Okay. So are the robots then, Adam, are they coming for all of our jobs? And if so, do companies, do they do this at their own peril? Again, we're talking about North American companies. Looks like they're on track to have their biggest year yet for orders for robotics. But again, do they do that at their own peril? Because I still think that there's something about human interaction that uh, people want when they come to, uh, you know, buy your product or go to your store. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't think we should be fearful of the robots taking over all of our jobs and we're going to be looking at each other going, what are we doing? But there is some element of uh, concern when it comes to entry level positions that are not going to be necessarily available for everyone. They're going to be very, I would say, minimal 
or or limited. Um, but there's a lot of jobs out there that are still required. And that's one of the biggest concerns is that finding labor to do those jobs is a massive issue, especially for a small business, Jeff. Um, you know, take a look at agriculture, one of the largest when it comes to robotics um, in development. And, you know, as simple as a hey, pesticides, making sure that you're uh, properly treating crops without the chemicals necessary. Um, it, it's called Small Robot Company. They came out with two robots, one that drone, a drone flies over the crops, takes a look at the weeds, determines what's bluegrass, what's actually a proper crop. Um, and then a second machine goes out. It's called the Killer Robot, ironically, and it zaps every week with 8,000 volts, killing the weed and thus creating a better crop. Now, that job could have been used by many students or it could be used by many individuals that are looking for an hourly wage to go out and you know pick weeds. But A, having challenges finding people to do it and B, uh, having the ability to pay them. The cost is so uh, prohibitive now to have multiple people working in a field. So it is necessarily not all jobs are in danger, but I think we should be asking ourselves, is it possible? Yes. And uh, we want to be mindful of the fact that you want to be on top of the education side, like maybe learning how to fix the equipment or learning how to program the software is going to be one of the biggest growth markets for uh, for, for careers in this industry. I was thinking that very thing as you were talking about this a growth market, to be sure, is going to be robotic uh, repair. Adam, I got to leave it there uh, for now. Appreciate it as always, but to, to be continued because this is a, a subject that's only going to continue to uh, grow in importance. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jeff. There is our tech expert, Adam Oldfield, and we're back after this break on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.